Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Hebrews chapter 10 is where we're going to be going today. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. We're going to be walking through some familiar passive scriptures here this morning. Um, but I think it's very important. And I believe that I, 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 I stand here today with, with some direction for our church. And this is a type of message I guess you could preach any time of the year because it's about the process of church. It's about what church is all about. But Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 says, Having therefore, brethren, we know he's talking to believers here, boldness, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching I want to divide this text into three main topics today that the writer of Hebrews puts us in three different things that he wants us to do he uses the phrase let us let us First, he said, let us draw near. Secondly, he said, let us hold fast. And thirdly, he said, let us consider. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us consider. <clears throat> I, I, I don't know about you, but on, on Christmas or on what birthday, there are three words on a package that makes my knees knock. If one of our children over the years would open up a package or a gift, and if these three words was on the box, it, it would make me shudder sometimes. And that is, some assembly required. You, you know, I have a grand collection of tools that I've collected over the years and building churches and doing things in, with con construction but really, my tools are because of those three words. Some assembly required. Anybody, anybody feel that with me? Anybody feel those, those words, those painful words? Amen. Uh, some assembly required. So I'm going to talk about just simply assembling required this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the people that have gathered here. These are your people, God. Life is sacred. Lord, their souls are sacred. They're... Uh, relationship with you is sacred today. I pray that you would help us as we walk through this text today, that we would be honest with ourselves in delivering it, 
Lord, and be able to do it in a manner that is consistent with the text, that you would be glorified and help people in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. Be seated. Assembling required. When it comes to life, that warning should probably be on marriage license. Some assembling required. Let's talk for a minute Legos. Legos. Having a boy uh, with, with Whitney, it was Barbies and Barbie houses and assembling all kinds of stuff like that. With David, it was Legos. However, assembling people at times, to me, is more difficult than bringing together Legos 10,170 pieces of Millennium Falcon. I, I think that, that sometimes dealing with people is more, more difficult than that, trying to assemble the pieces. You know, it's like Linus said on Peanuts. He said, I love humanity. It's people I can't stand. The fact of the matter is that relationships are all about people. Relating to people and dealing with people. And church is a community. And in that community where everybody belongs, everybody should have a place. It's not like there's always this pristine relationships that go on. How many know in your family you, you might have some relationship difficulty trying to assemble some things together? But the church is a community that is meant to be assembled. It is meant to be put together. We are the body of Christ and we must be put together. First Peter chapter 2, we find that First Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 says, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. We are a spiritual house. We are the body of Christ. Amen. We are compared to many things, but today I want to talk about relationships within the body, assembling relationships. We find that relationship is God's idea, not man's. God started with relationship. Matter of fact, there was a group of Pharisees one time that attempted to hem Jesus into a theological corner. And one of these Pharisees asked them, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? Which is the great commandment of the law? Jesus responded by summarizing the law into two parts. We find that the law of Moses had 630 laws. David reduced that and broke it down to 15 statements. Isaiah reduced it and broke it down to 11 things. Micah reduced the purpose of man down to three things. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly before our God. But Jesus broke it down into two primary areas when he said in Matthew 22 and 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first 
and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. They said, tell us the great commandment. But Jesus didn't give them one, but he gave them two. Because Jesus reduced it down to the two relationships that are the most important relationship in your life. It is your vertical relationship with God and loving the God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It speaks about that vertical relationship you have with the Lord and then loving your neighbor as yourself speaks about horizontal relationships. Everything in the kingdom, everything in the Bible, everything about the what God wants is boiled down to two things. One is how is your relationship with God and then two, how is your relationship with others? Praise God, y'all quiet this morning. Maybe I need to go back to what Linus said. Wouldn't it be a whole lot easier to get closer to God if you didn't have to deal with people? Can I get an amen? I have great, 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 I'd be a great pastor if it wasn't for people. And I am one, that's why I know. People, people. Everywhere you look, you run into people. Everywhere you go, all kinds of people, loud people, quiet people, in the church even. You can have glad people, happy people, sad people, mad people. You can have extrovert and introvert. You can have those that are sometimes an extrovert and sometimes an introvert, and sometimes an introvert and sometimes an extrovert. Some that are loners and some that are social and some that are spiritual and some that are carnal and some that are just you don't know what. But it's about building relationship. But the first relationship that Jesus said that mattered is to love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. I believe that the second is predicated on the first. If I love God and if I really have a relationship with God, I will by default or by nature have a relationship with people because if you love God then you know that people are, 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 are their life is sacred their their breath is sacred their life is sacred and I, I, I don't want to mess with that because I have a relationship with God then I need to have a relationship with others if I have a relationship with God if I love God the natural outflow is that I'm going to love what he loves and God loves people God loves all people, black people, red people, white people, brown people. He loves people that have curly hair, no hair. God loves people with gray head, black head, blonde head. God loves people. And if you love God, then you in turn will love his people. Let's look at the vertical relationship. In our text today, it says in verse 22, or right, let's go back to verse 19. Let's read verse 19 down through verse 22 of Hebrews 10. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. Somebody say boldness. To enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us. They sang away. They sang a while ago. What a way. What a way he made for us. What a way. What an amazing way he made for us. And verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw 
near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil consciousness and our bodies washed with pure water. What is he saying? He said, I've made a way for you that you can draw near. From the creation to the new Jerusalem, from Genesis to Revelation, God's plan is relationship. God's plan is to get connected with people. Amen. No Old Testament worshiper, though, had the boldness or the courage to try to enter into the holies of holies in the tabernacle. They would live outside the realm of that close relationship. Only a high priest had the access to the holy of holies and then only only once a year, the thick the thick veil separated the holy place from the holies of holies. There was a barrier between God and people. But when Jesus came, when Jesus, the absolute high priest of all priests, amen, when he came and God robed himself in flesh and it was the blood of divine Lord of glory that was shed for us, he redeemed us, amen, from our sin, then we became royal priesthood who now have boldness. If you want a relationship with God, I want to tell you the only one that can stop you is you. You can have the boldness to step out and say, I want to know him more. I have that right. I have boldness by his blood. Bold by the blood. Turn to somebody and say, I'm bold by the blood of Jesus. It's the blood that makes me bold. Amen. The word boldness here means assurance, free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, boldness, assurance. Amen. I'm going to preach to you this morning. I'm going to get to my point and then we'll go back. I want to get right to where we're going today. Every relationship that I have with somebody else is predicated on my relationship with Jesus Christ. What I do in my church and what I do in my family and how I relate. I know if I start seeing that I have some issues in my own, I'm just talking about me. You may be different, but I can see that if I'm having some issues, I need to go back and get my relationship with the Lord back on track because usually when I get my relationship with God back off or one of my relationship is off track with God, my relationship with others are off track. But I have boldness now that I can go before the presence of the Lord anytime I need him. Not once a year not standing off way back, looking like, well, that's only for those super holy people, you know, like Bishop. He's the only one that can go behind the veil. Amen. He's, I guess, preaching in Spain or is in the in, at Spain today. Thank God for his blessed. Mm, I miss him. But it is for everybody. Everybody can go. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 11 says, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. You want a relationship with God? You've got it. You want to be on fire for God? You've got it. You want to go deeper in God? You have it. Amen. You want to see more of God in your life? You have it. By the blood of Jesus, you can go as deep as you possibly can go. The question will be, will you have the courage to step into it? But it is the blood of Jesus. The blood is great in its significance in the Bible. Its meaning involves profound aspect of human life. Without the 
blood there is no life. The blood of the Passover lamb is what made them clean to go into the promised land or to leave Egypt was the blood. Oh, Hebrews 9 and 14 says, and how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The blood made a way for me. One drop of blood they sang today. The blood made a way for me. Jesus Christ made a way for me. In the new covenant, after his last Passover with the disciples, Jesus said this, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Jesus, the spotless lamb, gave of his life so I can have new life, but only not only new life, but that I can have a relationship with the God of glory. To me, that is profound. Now, there's some folks, I don't have relationship by choice. And before you throw stones at me, the apostle Paul did the same thing. He said, don't send Mark. He's not profitable to go with me. I bless that. I, you know, Brother Austin, I think that probably hurt Brother Mark's feelings when he heard, you're not welcome on this missionary trip because you're not profitable for me. Everybody say relationship. But if you notice a little ways later in the book of Acts, Paul says, uh, this time bring Mark because he's profitable for me. He is profitable for me. He's going to be a part of this missionary endeavor. What is it? It's relationship. Amen. You work on, not everything is always wonderful and rosy and everybody's doing good and everybody's getting along. Amen. But there ought to be a a method to the the process behind it. And that is that as I get closer to God, I'm going to get closer to his body. And as I work out things with God in my own mind, I'm going to work out things with people. It's about loving God and loving people. Loving God, loving people. That is the summation of the gospel let us draw near let us approach let's the word means seek association with join with agree with amen it, it, to enter into let us draw near jesus christ paved a way a new and living way so that we can draw near amen the new and living way is the only way it's the only way you want a relationship with God? You've got to go through the understanding of Jesus Christ. It's a living way. It's a powerful way. Amen. It is exerted upon the soul great resurrection power. There's only one way to God, and that's through the blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ. And when I go past the veil, I go into the Holy of Holies, which speaks of God's presence. I find mercy in his presence. I find perpetual atonement for my sin in his presence. I find the ark with the rod and with the manna and with the law. I find what I need. If I can build a relationship with God, then I know my relationship with my fellow man will be all right. So he said, let us draw near. Somebody say, i got to draw near. That's my vertical relationship with God. And then he also coupled together with that with the statement, let us hold fast the profession of our faith 
without wavering. Amen. Why do, you throw, why do you think he threw this in? Here's what comes to me, is that there's going to be sometimes you're not feeling like you can get to the Holy of Holies. There's going to be sometimes you feel like your relationship with God is not going great. So what do you draw back on? You go back on the faith of what his word says. You go back on what he said, not on your emotion, not because you see something in a particular way happening in your life, but rather you go on the word of God, hold fast your faith. If you're going to have a walk with God, you've got to earn Earnestly, Jude said, Amen. Beloved, when I give all diligence, write unto you the common salvation. It was need for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for your faith. Earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly contend for the... How do I do that? By staying connected with God, whether I feel it or not. Whether I go to church on Sunday night or Sunday morning and I've got goosebumps or I don't have goosebumps. Or whether I feel victorious on Monday after what I have on Monday, meet me at job at the work I still know that he's God I still know he's able it's not on my feelings can you say 37 Tuesday that's how many years Sister Gill and I have been married 37 years and we have had nothing but marital bliss I'm not going to go too far because she's not in here to uh, amen me. Uh, when you're in relationships, it's going to be based on whether you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's whether you're holding him in your personal life. Holding him There are those that are married to an unsaved person, whether they backslid or whatever the situation may be. I want to tell you, you have a relationship with God, and it's going to impact your relationship even with the unsaved. Somebody say amen. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22, how do we hold? How do we hold fast? By holding our head Holding the head relationship with God. Ephesians 1, 22, And hath put all things under his feet and given him to be the head, speaking of Jesus Christ, over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The typology here is that Jesus Christ is the head and the body is the church. Amen. And all things are under him. The common Greek term here for the phrase put under does not simply mean to be beneath, but to be totally under the power and the authority and the control of something or someone. So when he says all things are under his feet, it's just not that he is the top, but that he is in control. He is the head. He is, has the authority. And if I want a relationship with the body, I have got to maintain a relationship with the the head. If I want a relationship with the hand and I don't have a head, then the hand doesn't know how to operate without a head. Hallelujah. Now, now it's real easy when you start seeing the way that Scripture puts things in, a, in a, a frame of mind or a picture that could be understood by human nature. But in reality, there are some people trying 
to exist without being submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ. There are some that are trying to live for the Lord and they refuse to come under his uh, uh, covering. They will not be obedient to the Lord and so they have become disconnected with their head and they may feel like everything's fine but if all things are under his feet that means that any time I step out of headship I don't have authority for whatever is under my feet. Amen. But when I step back into authority and in alignment with him and my vertical relationship is in harmony then whatever is under my feet is under his authority. Hallelujah, that's enough to make a mummy shout, twirl around and <laughs> glorify. I, I, I believe that we need to see today that all things are under his feet. The word all here means without exception. All is under his authority. Hallelujah, all things are under his authority. And if I'm connected to the head, they are under my authority. In the name of Jesus. Why Jesus is the head over all things in the church. There is a living connection between the head and the body. Wherever the head sends the signal, the body begins to do. Whatever the head, the, the head tells the body to do, then the body must respond. Colossians 1.16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Can I just stop here and tell you, I know that, that there's been questions about how can God create evil? He did. But evil didn't get energized until man sinned. When it comes to human relationship, yes, Satan fell and he decided to do what he wanted to do. But I want to tell you today, evil does not become energized or it doesn't become active until we give it the, the, the switch. We, give it, we flip the switch. And when we flip the switch, that's when evil comes alive. Hallelujah. I believe today that there's a lot of evil in this world today. And people say, how could God ever created that? Well, he did because he knew that there would be, there must be a consequence to sin. And where there is sin, there is a flipping of the switch of evil. That wasn't in my notes. That was just a pastor sidebar. Now back to the original episode. So everything, he created them all. In verse 18, he is the head of the body. The church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Somebody say everything flows from Jesus. Everything comes from the head. Everything. If you want the blessing, you got to become obedient to Jesus. I, I can't stand over here and be out from under the headship of Jesus Christ and think I can live any old way that I want to live and then claim the promises of God. I got to get back under the headship because everything comes through Him. If I want the blessing, if I want the power, if I want the miracle and the promise, then I'm going to stay under the head. And whatever He sends my way, it's going to come from Him to me through the headship of Jesus Christ. Hold fast. Hold fast your faith. Hold the head. Hold the head. Colossians 2, 18 says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding to those things which he hath not seen, 
vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increased with the increase of God. How do we get all these crazy false doctrines today? How do we get it? Because they step out from under the headship of Christ. How do we get it? I, I ran into a doctor just recently. I had, I had to do some study and research and dig to find out to help a, a fellow pastor that he had come in contact with and that God has limited knowledge. What? Somebody definitely had to walk away a bazillion miles away from the headship to Christ to think that if God is not omnipotent, he is not God. If he is not all-knowing, he is not God. Amen. Somebody say amen. Hold the head. Hold Christ. Christ stands alone as the absolute head of the body. We can never afford to lose our grip on this reality that I've got to hold on to Jesus. The body gets its vision from Jesus. The voice gets... Uh, the body gets its voice from Jesus. All the nourishment comes from the head, from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment together, it's like it comes from the head and it goes all the way to the toes, out to the fingers, out to the elbow. Every extreme measure of the body, it comes from the head. It's important to stay connected to your head. Paul, Paul warned them. In Colossians 2 and 18, he said, Beware, let no man beguile you of your reward. The Greek word for beguile describes a referee who excludes from competition any athlete who fails to follow the rules. You ever watched them in a ball game? You know? There's one technical, there's your second one, and then you're gone. Well, they just might look at them and say, we're out of here. Referee at, at, at baseball, they got the, I think they all go to the same school, get that same little, you know, that's their little, you know. When we don't legally follow the headship of Christ, then we don't have the access that we need into the veil, beyond the veil. So what do we get? We get disqualified. I got to get back in alignment and hold on to Christ, amen, and be a part of his body so that I can get the blessing. I can get the blessing. Somebody say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not holding the head is, is a clear implication that those who get into mystical beliefs, those who get out into false doctrine have lost their relationship with Jesus Christ. Our relationship with our head must be our first priority. Seeking Jesus first, hold on to your head. Hold on to your head. Hallelujah. Somebody say, amen, I'm going to hold on to Jesus. That is my loving relationship vertically. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Say that with me. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. <clears throat> Loving relationship. And then we move to the second commandment that Jesus did, and that is let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Let us consider. Let us give consideration, the word rightly states. Let us be concerned about. There is a difference between being concerned and being gossiping.
want to put that in there. There's a difference between, oh, I'm just so concerned. Have you heard about sister so-and-so? Do you know about sister so-and-so? Do you know about this? Do you know about their, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I saw this. I know this. Really? That's not the concern I'm talking about. That's gossip. But the phrase, let us consider, means give careful consideration. Be concerned about. And that being concerned about by the definition here from from the Greek dictionary, that to be concerned about implies that I respond to that concern. It's like the old, 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 old dad one time. I say he's old. I'm just, let's just say dad because he's not that old in my head. Okay. It's about my story. I'm going to tell it. Father gets down to family prayer and begins to pray about a widow that he knows needs some groceries. And he says, oh, God, would you supply widow so-and-so some groceries? Would you help her? She needs some groceries. And, and he went on for a while, and his son reached over and tapped him on the leg and said, well, Dad, would you give her a slab of bacon? If I consider, then I respond. If I consider a need, then I need to be able to respond in kind and, and appropriately. Uh-uh. I'm not talking about meddling with affairs. I mean, you can get into anybody's life you want to on your knees. I said you can get into anybody's life. You've got carte blanche to get into anybody's life you want to on your knees and in your prayer closet. Talk to them all, talk about them all you want to, to the Lord. Mm, let us consider one another. It also means to understand completely. Do you realize you, you, you got to study folks to understand them? Understand them, notice them, see them. And what am I doing considering? I'm doing it to provoke them to love. That means to encourage our cause or something to be spurred on or stirred up. Let us encourage one another. Let us what are we doing then? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Let me just tell you right now, that verse means a whole lot more than just coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Tuesday night. It's about building a relationship with the people that are around you. It's about joining together. The word means to complete a collection. And when you are not involved in the in the kingdom of God, uh, and I know everybody's different. I know everybody is different on their relationship uh, building level. But if you're not in, in some way connected to the body of Christ in a consistent manner, then what happens is that that disconnection pulls you away from the body and you're not assembling anymore. What's that old song we used to sing? Leg bone connected to the shin bone and the ankle bone and the foot bone and the toe bone and the knee bone and the hand bone, all are connected. All are connected. I'm going to just, I'm going to just preach my heart today and share with you something I think is very important. I believe, it, I believe every person, please, please know this, because it just might be a time that you come here to church and I'm gone and, and my wife and I are gone because we're going to go have some family time. Amen. I believe that. I got three amens. 
Hallelujah. And and it's very important for you to get away sometimes. But when a person, let me just tell it in a story come from my dad. My dad said that when he first got into church, he was really connected to his family. We were living in Longview, Texas, or they were. I wasn't even born yet. But they were in Longview, Texas. And so almost every weekend, they'd run back to Louisiana to be home with with dad and mom. And and, and, and so the car broke down one time as they're coming. And, And guess who my dad had to call? The pastor. He said, I dreaded that. The pastor had to come and get me and pull our car into Longview. And he said, the Lord spoke to him while he was while he's behind that car being towed. And the Lord said, I didn't save you to run home to mama every weekend. What happens is that sometimes if, we, if, if we're going to survive and live in a community, we have to be assembled to it. Not everybody's going to assemble the same way, but it thrills me when I see people that have a, a connection with the body of Christ because I know that means they're connected to the head. And if I'm connected to the head, I am connected to you, and I'm connected to you, and I'm connected to you, and I'm connected to all y'all. Why? Because that's the way it works. Some assembly required. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Connected. Connected connected where do we get the word community it is with unity community literally means with unity the relationships of believers is powerful because of how we interact together we can come from different places different backgrounds and God puts us together we've got all kinds of social economical statuses in this church we got people from various locations, parts of the country, with different cultures and different things coming together and being a part of community. And sometimes that's difficult. But I want to tell you, if you'll work on it, then you're saying, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves. What are we doing? We're assembling today. We're going to grow today. Hallelujah. The relationship is very important. The Bible said we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. We have been planted together in, in baptism and also in resurrection. God, the Bible says, God hath quickened us together with Christ and raised us together and made us all sit together, Ephesians chapter 2. Hallelujah. The Bible declares that in that day when he comes back, we shall be caught up together. God's going to have to do some crazy healing somewhere between here and there because there's some folks that think they're the only ones going to heaven. I love you, Jesus. We're going to be caught up together. The Bible says also then with that knowledge, we're to comfort yourselves together. Edify one another together. I want you to put up Psalms 50 and 5. This is a a great verse of scripture. I almost use this as my title text today. But gather my saints together unto me, God says. Gather my saints together 
unto me. Just don't bring the saints, but get them together. Then bring them to me. Y'all see in the picture? It's not, I'm just coming from here and there. It's get them together and bring them to me. Jesus said, if you have something against your brother or your brother has aught rather against you, what does he say to do? Don't come and bring your sacrifice of worship, but first go make it be right with them. Amen. Then come. He is telling us that in that instance, relationship is more important than your worship. Can I say it again? Your relationship in that instance, because the Lord said, I can't, I can't receive that until you get it right. Oh, but then once you get it right, you come back and, and begin to, mm. Pastor, I can't fix everything. No, you can't. Pastor, I can't get every. No, you can't. But you can do your very best. And you can put forth the effort and say, I want to make sure that it's right. Also, that when I come into the house of the Lord, Praise God, I can worship God freely. It's really hard to have an alt against your brother that's standing next to you in the altar. Is she worshiping? I got I to get back to my notes. I'm going to get crazy here tonight or today. First Corinthians tells us, verse 1, or verse 10 of chapter 1. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind. We need to value assembling. We need to value the connection one with another. When, when, when people come together in the house of God, everybody has some way that they're going to get connected. And I realize that sometimes it's just being in the pew that makes you connected. You might be connected more in a leadership position at some point in time, or you might be connected in a servant's position. But the fact of the matter is, get connected. Stay connected. Stay connected with the body. Don't let the devil... That's one of the things that I appreciate the, the, the live stream. But I want to tell you, it takes getting connected with people to really become plugged into what God's purpose is in your life. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you're a member here at MPC... I want you to say in your mind, I really believe the church can't make it without me. If I don't show up, they can't have church. I'm that important. Now, we know that that's not probably not necessarily true, but I think that it's important to have it in our mind that I am so valuable to the kingdom of God, that my praise is so important, that my relationship with people is so important. I have to show up. I'm going to be there. Amen. I'm going to be there. I, I, I believe that it, it's, it's very important to do that, to grow together. Warren Rearsby wrote about the body and the connection of the body when he said, love is the circulatory system of the body. It has been discovered that isolated, unloved babies do not grow properly and are especially subtle to disease, while babies who are loved and handled grow normally and are stronger. So it is with the children of God. An isolated Christian cannot minister to others. 
I like what Warren said there. Isolated Christians cannot minister to others, nor can others minister to him. And it is impossible for the gifts to be ministered either way. So then spiritual unity is not something we manufacture. It is something that we already have in Christ. And we must protect and maintain it. Truth, unity. Truth rather unites Lies divide. Love unites. Selfishness divides. Therefore, speaking the truth in love, let us equip one another and edify one another that all may grow up to be more like Christ. That's the whole goal. That's why God puts us in a body. You know, God meant for marriage to, to be more than just simply a, a relationship. It is a, a way to make people more holy. God put the church together to help us grow grow, to mature, to get to a place where we're more like Christ. Say with me, please. I didn't give you the scripture, uh, Sister Bev, but if you don't mind, go to the book of Proverbs, please. Verse 27 and 17. Proverbs 27, 17. When you see it behind me, would you say amen? Oh, that's quick. I like that. Praise God. Iron sharpeneth the iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of a friend. We're living in a day where nobody wants you know, sparks to fly. We don't want sparks to fly. I'll be honest with you. I hate confrontation. I'll do a lot to get around confrontation. But sometimes in the body of Christ, sparks have to fly for making us sharper and better. Sharper and better. I've had people in the kingdom of God, other preachers, that we've had some nice spark-filled conversation. I'm talking... We were saying our words with our outside voice. Probably should have not have done that. But what happened is that if the, if, the, if, the, if the conversation is at the right angle, if the people are at the right angle, it'll make me better. But I've had some conversations where the angle was off and it made me worse. If your intent is to get better, then your first thing is get your angle right with Jesus Christ. If I can get my angle right with Jesus Christ, then whatever confrontation, whatever issue I have relationship-wise with others is going to be at the right place, even with critics. I said even with critics. How many likes critics? Sometimes God uses critics, though, to help me become better. But if my relationship with the Lord is off, then all of a sudden the critic is my enemy. He's not just being critiquing of me or judgmental of me. He's my enemy. Amen. But I want to get close to the Lord. Draw near to Him. Hold fast to my faith. And then also provoke someone to love in the body of Christ. Vertical relationship. Horizontal relationship. Amen. Anybody need... Alignment today with your vertical relationship with Jesus? Anybody need alignment today that say, you know what, I, I'm having an issue with that, that scallywag neighbor of mine. 
what, what, what about your relationship with Jesus Christ? Because it'll change your perspective. I said, it'll change your perspective. As we sing this course today, if you feel like you just need to realign with the Lord and you have, or you have relationship issues with someone horizontally and you want to get that taken care of, amen, why don't you come this morning and say, oh God, would you heal? Oh Lord, would you heal today? Lord, would you help today? And if that person is such an irritant in your life and such a difficult person in your life, you may never ever change them, but they can make you better because of how you respond and what you do by the glory of God. Hallelujah. So today, Lord, I want my relationship. This is the goal of this this message today. I want my relationship to be right in alignment with you. Lord, so that my relationship with others would be right in alignment with them. In the name of Jesus, the church is not just about coming to church and it's not just about uh, uh, preaching and singing and the choir and social dinners and gathering it's about growing in God as the body of Christ hold the head dear one hold the head some assembly required today some assembly required today hallelujah thank you for joining us today we pray you have been encouraged If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.